So good to uh, be with you guys. I do just want to, again, say welcome to you guys that are new with us. We love having new people be able to jump into life with us. And uh, if you're able to go to our website and click on the connect button, uh, you can let us know that you were here. We'd love to be able to send a gift to you. It's just our way of trying to communicate. We're really thankful that you are here. It means a lot to us. Um, if you will, everybody grab your Bibles. Go to Acts chapter 1. We're going to start there this morning. We'd love for you to be able to see the Word of God in your hands. So however you have, if you have a Bible or maybe a phone, go to Acts chapter 1. We're going to continue, and actually we're going to finish out this series called Becoming. And uh, what we've been exploring is, much like the cocoon or even uh, the quarantine season where we ha- were in many ways isolated out and cocooned, we're asking the question that as we emerge, God, what are you doing and how are you shaping our lives? What is it that you're calling us to and how can we step into this moment of time? So we want to step into this moment faithfully. We're going to do that. Now, here's a question. I need you to be brave and bold uh, this morning and raise your hand with me. How many of you are, fan- well, are have either seen or you're fans of one of those kind of reality survivor shows, like Survivor Man or Man vs. Wild, you know what I'm talking about? Um, even like shamefully, like Naked and Afraid, super awkward show, but kind of crazy and weird, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Or maybe you're not into the reality shows, but you're into the, like you were into the series Lost. Did you ever see the, 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 the TV show Lost where the people were marooned on an island? You guys know what I'm talking about. It's incredibly interesting to see or watch these shows where you're trying to see people in this survival mode and you're watching them try to make it through. And of course, the entire point of the show, the entire uh, kind of the thing that they're trying to get to is to no longer be surviving, right? You try to survive in the moment to be able to get out, to be able to thrive, right? Because no one wants to actually live in survival mode. Nobody actually wants to be there. We, we like being maybe able to have the skill for a moment to survive and get through. But no one's actually going through life saying, I just want to survive. I just want to get by. And it feels like even in this moment, if we're not careful, we can look at some of the chaos around us and go, I just want to survive and get through this. And what we're going to see through the word of God is for the people of God, for the followers of Jesus, that there is no call just to survive. But in fact, what we're going to find is a God who's very much calling us to thrive. He's declaring over our lives because God is very much on the move. And while the circumstances around us can feel incredibly shaky, like there's nothing settled and everything's kind of moving. God is not shaky right now. In fact, what the word says is that God does the shaking. He's one that's put his finger out in these moments where we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're in the middle of some unrest socially and even along racial lines where the Lord's putting his finger on something for us to press into. And this is not a moment for us to survive. It's actually a moment for us to press into. And so the Lord's asking that question that in this tenuous moment, Will we just survive or are we going to thrive? And what we're going to see is uh, what I want to do is I want to go back in the word of God to what felt like also a shaky moment, to a really tenuous moment where things didn't feel very settled. 
So where the followers of Jesus heard, they had seen him go to the cross. They went, they saw him go into the grave and then they saw him come out alive victoriously. But as he comes out victoriously, he says, but I'm going to leave you. And in that moment, everything feels really shaky. And so I want to go back to that moment and look at what Jesus's instruction and his direction was to his people in a shaky moment to see what does it look like to walk through this moment, not just, thri- not just surviving, but thriving. Because the question of, are we supposed to just survive? Jesus is going to look at him and say, no way. You're meant to thrive. So Acts chapter one, we'll just pick up in verse four. So Jesus is speaking to his Followers, And he says, while he was staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. What's the, what's the promise? Which he said, you heard from me that John baptized with water, but you, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So verse six, when they had come together, they asked him. So here's, he's saying, listen, there was a promise from the father. Here's what it's coming. So they asked him the question, Lord, will you at this time finally restore the kingdom of Israel? Now, again, I want you to hear this. This is really important that we capture this. There's this shaky moment going on. Right, Jesus went into the, on the cross and into the grave, and it felt like the thing was over. Right, the disciples had fled; they were afraid. And then Jesus came out victoriously, and it took them back. and And they're going, "Okay, here's our question: Everything's shaky. We're still under Roman occupation. We know what the promise of the Messiah is. The promise is this: that the Messiah is going to come. He's going to establish his throne. He's going to rule and reign forever. Is it now?" finally fix all the stuff that's going on around us? Are you going to fix all the swirl that's going on in the community, in the culture, in the world going on around us? That's what they're asking. Are you finally going to fix all this stuff? And I love, I love Jesus's response to that question because he says to them, it's not, and look at verse seven, it's not really for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. So here's his response. I'm not going to fix all the things the way that you thought or think I'm supposed to fix them. I'm going to do something else. And here's what he says he's going to do. But here, he says, but here's what's going to happen. But you're going to receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The the disciples are desperate to get out of survival mode. They're desperate for Jesus to come and sit on this throne and establish his kingdom. And he says, oh, I'm establishing my kingdom, but here's how it's going to look. It's not going to look the way that you want it to by overthrowing Roman occupation, making everything okay. 
It's still going to be quite a mess. But here's how I'm going to establish the kingdom of God. I'm going to put my power in you. My Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And you, son or daughter, are going to carry the kingdom wherever you go. It's going to be you who's empowered. It's going to be you who carries what I want to do. That this is not just about a life of survival, but it is a life of thriving. All right? But here is the key, and here's what Jesus wants to make abundantly clear. There is no thriving without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. There is no thriving. And I want to just almost even hit the pause button here for just a moment to say there is so much life we're trying to live with God in our own flesh, in our own way. And what Jesus wants to say abundantly to every one of us that's here and everyone that's online is just to be able to say, this life with Jesus was never meant to be done apart from the Holy Spirit of God. There's an empowerment that God wants to bring into our lives that following Jesus leads to a life of being empowered by his Spirit. It's the only way to live. It's exhausting to try to follow Jesus on our own, on our own merits, on our own talents, on our own abilities, in our own way. And what Jesus says is if you want to thrive and not just survive, it's going to come from the filling, the baptism, the move of the Holy Spirit of God. And here's what we get to see in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, this is verse one. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared on them and rested on each one of them. They were all, here it is, filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, here's the promise is that I'm going to put my spirit upon you. It's going to move, and it's going to drive you, and it's going to change how you operate. It won't be the circumstances that I always make better. What it is, is I'm going to empower you to walk in it and through it. And church, here we're here in this moment where it feels very much like we're in this survival mode trying to get through this. And I feel without question beyond a shadow of a doubt, the question is more who's, being, who's willing to be filled by the Spirit of God in this moment to be a shining light and a beacon in our, our nation and in, in, in the world right now. Because what we'll see is that this move of God over his people isn't just a one-time thing, but we'll see that the Spirit of God continues to fill people that, yes, that they receive the Holy Spirit as a guarantee over their lives, but there's more work and more empowering that God wants to do. And we'll see in Acts chapter 4, the disciples are... Um, uh, his followers, they're arrested, they're put in jail, they're said, you can't do this anymore, you can't say this anymore, you, have to, uh, you can't talk about Jesus anymore, you can't continue to follow him in this way, and they say, listen, we'll let this be up to the Lord whether or not, we, whether or not you think it's right, or whether or not it's right for us to continue to preach, but we know before God we've got to tell people about Jesus. 
And so they continue to reprimand them and they let them go and they come back together. They come back together as the people of God. And in Acts chapter four, it says, when they had prayed, the place where they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness, meaning that the Holy Spirit comes and fills them in Acts chapter two. And then what does he do in Acts chapter four? He fills them again and gives them new power to continue to move forward, new power to continue to operate. And then we see the Holy Spirit continuing to move over his people. Acts chapter eight, then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 10, while Peter was saying all these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And throughout the book of Acts, we continue to see the move of the Holy Spirit over the people of God. Over and over. This is the rhythm. Here, this is the rhythm of the people of God. Be filled, be empowered by the Spirit of God. It's what he wants to do in our lives and all through the book of Acts. We see so many outpourings of the Spirit in so many unique and different ways. Sometimes they speak in tongues. Sometimes when the Spirit falls, they prophesy. Sometimes they have free and overflowing praise of God's greatness. Sometimes they're filled, as we just read in, uh, in, in Acts uh, chapter 10, that they're filled with uh, boldness and power to witness or they're filled with new power to obey the commands of God. Or, or we even see significant workings of miracles, signs, and wonders being done by the followers of Jesus. None of this is being done. I want you to hear this. What it's saying is none of this is being done by the people of God. It's being done as people receive the power of God and he moves through their lives. What a beautiful partnership God is calling every one of us into. I want you to hear this. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, there is a partnership God is extending to each one of us to be filled with his spirit and move in his power. It's not my power. It's not in my ability. It's his power. It's not your power. It's not your ability. It's his power in life. And God's looking for that partnership. He wants to move. And we'll see all throughout the book of Acts, you know, Luke the, uh, the author of the book of Luke or the gospel of Luke. He's, Acts is kind of his part two. He's writing this in every time that the scripture describes a move of the Holy Spirit, what he's saying, he says every time that there's some way that God is touching people's lives. He's moving and shaping. It's not just a logical inference that God is around somewhere, but he's moving very specifically. And in fact, uh, the Holy Spirit moves in so many different ways that you and I can't actually even point to one particular thing that whenever the Holy Spirit moves, this is always going to happen. In fact, there's only one promise that we have of the particular way or a very particular way that the Holy Spirit might move. And it goes all the way back to what we just read in Acts chapter one. And you know what it says? Here's the promise in Acts 1.8. It says, when the Spirit comes upon you, you're going to receive power. And what does it say? And from that power, you will be my witnesses across the earth. Essentially what he's saying is the Holy Spirit is going to empower you to bring light and to change atmospheres. 
And we get to see it in so many different ways. But church, I want you to hear this. You and I were made for more than surviving this moment. We were made to thrive in this moment. And the only way we can thrive is through the empowering of his spirit. To open up our hands and to give up our own way and say, God, not my way, but yours. Would you move in me? Would you shape me? This is the rhythm of the followers of Jesus. But hear this. That was the rhythm of Jesus himself. You can go back to Mark chapter 1, where Jesus' ministry is getting started. And Jesus comes to John the Baptist to be baptized. And we'll pick it up in, in Mark chapter 1, verse 9. It says, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in the Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. Then verse 10, and as Jesus is coming up out of the water, right, he's in the water, he's immersed, he comes up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. Now, if, if you've been in church for any amount of time, it's a very core question to ask. Why on earth does Jesus need to be baptized? We can easily look at our, ourselves and understand we're going to go make a declaration of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But why does Jesus the one need to be baptized? And of course, we get two pictures from all of Scripture of the two core reasons why Jesus is going to be baptized. Number one, being baptized is the picture. If you've not been baptized, I, I so want to encourage you to jump in. We'd love to help you be baptized because it's that picture where you go, I'm going into the grave with Jesus and I'm coming out alive in him. It's that powerful picture, beautiful picture, most powerful picture I think we have in this life of what Jesus did for us. So we go into the, so Jesus literally, when he goes into the water, he's prophetically proclaiming, church, I'm going into the grave for you, but I'm going to come out alive, victorious. So we have that picture and we have that promise. But the second is this. And what we get to see when Jesus comes out of the, he comes up out of the water is that the Holy Spirit descends upon him and he comes and empowers him. Now, why would Jesus need the Holy Spirit? Well, this is one of those great mysteries because Jesus, we know from the word of God is that Jesus was fully God and fully man, the only one who's ever been 200%, okay, right? Here's, we're all 100%. Jesus is 200%. He is 100% God and 100% man. But what does the scripture tell us? Jesus suspended his divinity, meaning that as he came among us, he suspended his, if you will, godness. He was the son of God, but he said, I'm putting that aside I'm making myself a serve, servant in humility. I'm going to walk fully as a man. And so Jesus, when he goes into the baptism to be immersed and he comes out, the Holy Spirit comes down upon him and empowers him so that everything that Jesus did was not out of his divinity. Everything that Jesus did was in submission and empowerment by the Holy Spirit. He lived the perfect sinless life in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's who he was. It's what he did. And we see this in Luke chapter 4, telling the same story of Jesus coming out of the water. It says, in Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, 
returned from the Jordan and what? was led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. So I love this picture. Jesus comes out, and what is he? He's full of the Holy Spirit. He's empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus' miracles, his teaching, his words, his fight against the temptation of the enemy here, all of it was done in the filling of the Spirit of God. So I want you to hear this. The empowerment of the Spirit is the rhythm for Jesus. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit is the rhythm for the disciples. And hear this. The empowerment for you and me comes from the Holy Spirit. It's what God wants to do in our lives. It is the partnership that he wants to bring to us, to be filled and empowered by the Spirit of God. And now we get to see this all throughout the scripture. Ephesians chapter five, do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And I love the picture he gives, right? Because this idea of taking something in, right? No, don't just come in and consume something like alcohol to take over you. It says, be filled. Take in the Holy Spirit. It's this picture of something taking over, this increasing life of power. And I love the picture that, of course, Jesus gives us through the word of God, the picture of baptism. Because, you know, when we think of baptism, right, we'll often think of experiences we've had at church where someone gets to go into the water, much like, again, like Jesus goes into the water and comes out. And that's our understanding of baptism. But in Jesus's day, the word baptism was used all over the place. They had the, the word baptism was used in multiple contexts. If, if there was a ship that had sunk uh, in the bottom of a sea, if a ship, there was a shipwreck and it had sunk down into the bottom, the, the boat was said to have been baptized. It was immersed it was completely underwater, not the water just around it, but in it and through it and all around. And if they wanted to color a piece of cloth, they would take the cloth and they would dip it down into the dye and immerse it in the dye. And the dye would get into all of the threads and all around and fully take over the cloth as it came up out of the dye. Or uh, they would often, they would dip bread into wine and it was said that was the same word. They used the word baptized to dip the bread into the wine. The wine would take over all the fiber of the bread. That was the picture of baptism. It wasn't just for people going into water and out. It was all, it was this consuming, immersive thing. They understood this word, and we get this incredible picture because this is what it means to be baptized by the Spirit, to be go, to go, for the Spirit to come over and in and through and to course through every part of our being, to move in and shape, to take residence, right? We get and receive the Holy Spirit. If you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're here with us this morning, you follow Jesus, we're, we get a promise. The, the scripture says this, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit. He's gonna seal you up and he's gonna guarantee you have the Holy Spirit. And uh, one of those questions is, listen, if I have the Holy Spirit, how, how, does, how do I get filled again afresh and new? If I already have the Holy Spirit, how do I already get, how, how do I get more filling and empowerment of the Holy Spirit if I already have the Holy Spirit. And I love this picture because of this picture of baptism, because to be baptized in the Spirit is not so much all right, that I get more of the Spirit, but rather the Spirit takes hold and gets more of me. 
going to deeper places like the piece of cloth that is baptized or the piece of bread or the ship that sinks where the water goes into every place, to every crevice. This is the picture that we get. There's this fresh outpouring that God takes more. He takes empty vessels and he fills. So it's not so much that we get more of the Spirit of God. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Spirit of God, but he wants to take more of us. He wants to move and shape our lives. He wants to have a hold of the things that are going on in us to take over and empower us. We have that picture, Galatians 5. If we live by the Spirit, then let us keep in step with the Spirit. This picture of if the Spirit moves to the right, we move to the right. And if the Spirit moves to the left, we move to the left. I feel like that's like a song. Or that's, I feel like that's a dance or something. I don't know. There's like a dance thing going on in my head. Like move to the right, move to the right, move to the left, right? So if the Holy Spirit's moving right or he's moving left, he's saying, hey, you're going to live by the Spirit. Just stay in step. What is he calling? What is he asking? Stay in step with the Spirit of God. And here's what happens when you and I stay in step with the Spirit. He begins to shape us. He begins to move over us in so many ways. The Spirit of God, he can empower us to grow regularly in our ability to grasp greatness of God's love. If you're here and you're going, I don't really feel like God loves me. I feel like I've messed up too much. I feel like I've gone too far. I feel like I don't, I'm not good enough. I've really made a mess of my life. I can't seem to get over the hump that's in front of me and it feels too difficult, the road ahead. Guess what? It's the spirit empowerment of over your life that's going to pull you up and say, no, 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 no. God loves you. He's here with you. He's for you. He isn't leaving you behind. Holy Spirit to believe that. The Holy Spirit convinces us that we really belong to God, that we're his children. The Spirit enables us to walk in greater measures of purity, to walk in truth, to walk in freedom. The Spirit of God can give us supernatural boldness to declare the goodness of God to our neighbors and those that are around us. The Spirit of God can change our character, right? Shift us from the inside out, make us more like Jesus so that we can love people with an extraordinary love. The Spirit of God can enable us to live in radical power. But hear this. The Spirit of God can do all those things. But a life apart from the Spirit is miserable. It's miserable. Does not want that for you. He's calling us to be filled. Would you stand with me? We're just going to close. I'm going to pray for the new and fresh filling of the Holy Spirit over you and me, over all of us. And then we're just going to finish by singing this chorus and just saying, Lord, it's your breath in our lungs that we want. It's the wind of the Holy Spirit. The breath of God is the Spirit of God. And we're just going to ask Him to cover us right now. And so if you feel comfortable, would you put your hands open just like in an attitude of receiving? You you don't have to do this. There's nothing magical about it. So you don't have to. But if you feel comfortable, just open up your hands. Just to receive the fresh filling of the Spirit of God. And if you're not a follower of Jesus here this morning with us, this is a 
I pray, you ask him. Father God, would you send your Holy Spirit right now to fill each one of us? I'm praying by faith right now that we would not take another step without your filling, your empowerment, your goodness. And so first right now, we just confess the places where we tend to walk without your spirit. And if there's just anything, maybe the spirit of God brings something to your mind, just a place where you wanna resist his move, just tell him, be honest with him. It's not like he doesn't know and just offer it to him. The scripture calls it a confession where we just say, God, I'm in agreement. Here's where I try to, to hold on to my own life and I just want to give it up. Your hands are up, signifying, saying, Lord, I don't hold on to this any longer. I'm giving it to you. Maybe you have felt powerless. Maybe you have felt dirty or gross. Maybe you have an area of sin that's been plaguing you. Maybe there's an area that you felt the Lord's been asking you to step into, but you've been resisting him. Here, just be honest with him. He loves your honesty. 